Welcome to the Motoring Not in a Podcast, an end of year special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Alan, unless my eyes deceive me, we appear to have company. We do. It's our end of year special edition, and we'd hope to do the same as we did last year, which is all meet in a pub and restaurant and have a nice meal and have a few drinks and sit down and record podcast afterwards with the gentle susurration of a pleasant drinking establishment in the background. But it's 2020. So we've been trying to organize it for months. And what we're actually doing is recreating a work Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite the same. Very much a a metaphor for 2020. Because it's the closest we 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 can actually get. Uh, I think, in the end. But thankfully, these same guests as last year gave in, accepted us taking over their entire evening uh, right in the very run-up to Christmas. Let's take a moment and quickly say hi to Erica Haddon, the PR Operations Manager for Toyota and Lexus in the UK. Good evening. To Ian Robertson, the editor of Diesel Car and Eco Car magazine. Hello. Phil Huff, who is, of course, the infamous front seat front seat fill and the editor, yeah that worked well and the editor of pickup truck and professional four by four you've even got all the right words but not necessarily in the right order but hello and thank you he was distracting me whilst i was typing it sorry phil and last but not least we have scott brownlee the general manager for press relations and social media for toyota and lexus again in the uk hi scott hello for a moment there i thought he wasn't going to do it those of you who've been paying attention will realize that last year we were joined by simon branny from honda as well simon tried to join but the joys of online video conferencing uh, and the joys of living deep in the english countryside uh, don't quite align he tried but he did it's not often simon sounds like a a dalek yeah it's such a failure yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to say that. It's too nice to say that. No, thanks everyone for for giving up your your Tuesday evening to join us for this year's this year's edition. Let's get started, shall we? Shall we? Shall we look back at what we all predicted for last year? Oh, oh, for this year? For the lols? <laughs> no, please don't do that. Um. Yeah, go on. Go on then. Okay, Erica, you you volunteered with the go on, so we'll give we'll give you yours first. Last year, you declared that Tesla will not deliver any cyber trucks in 2020. It was quickly pointed. Right. Yeah, I was quickly yes, pointed out by Ian that they weren't meant to be delivered until 2021 anyway. <laughs> oh well, yeah, there you, you go. But I mean, you take a banker, Alan. You take a banker. I know. I know. It, it's still, still an absolutely valid prediction. Absolutely. So, so yeah. First, Are you sure? First... I'm sure there were some that. Were, I'm sure there were some that were supposed to be delivered, and that it had been delayed. I'd read that it it had been delayed. I stand by my prediction. Yeah, I, I... you've won. You've won. So anyone yeah. who's spot on, does it actually get a prize? Uh, our admiration and jealousy is the main. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. A twenty twenty Cybertruck. <laughs> Yay! Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> but not till twenty twenty one. Delivery included. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard everybody on the production line is getting paper cuts, but still. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, Phil, how's about you? Actually, you stole one of Ian. You stole from Ian in the end. I did, although I maintain I'm still right. I think I've got this technically correct. I said Tesla won't be solvent by the end of 2020, and they've still got a negative amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were not solvent last year, and they have continued to be not solvent, even though they've uh, they've allegedly made profits. Yes, but if you make make a hundred quid profit and you've lost sort of a couple of billion in the same time, that's not going to go well. Well, they just raised another couple of billion from selling off a share or two, did didn't they the other week? So you know, that's just I don't know. I, I, I took think some... part of the problem is they keep giving all these shares to their glorious leader ah. as payment. <laughs> which is less raising money for Tesla and more about making the world's, well, nearly the world's richest man is getting there, have enough money to go and live on Mars. Yes. Something yeah. Actually, can we, is that something we can sort out? <laughs> <laughs> <That> would, <laughs> well, I can't work out whether you want him on Mars or you want to be on Mars. Can I, can, this is being recorded. Can I yeah, Eric will now predict that Elon Musk wouldn't be living on Mars in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that could go either way. How did you know I? I've got that written down? <laughs> Things Elon Musk would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Making money. Yeah. I just, oh, he'll I be making a lot of money. Yeah. It's oh, I, I don't know. We we don't cover. There's a reason we don't cover Tesla, and really that that reason is that everybody else does it for us. And so, our blood yeah, pressure. Yeah, and then the second reason is Andrew's blood pressure, and the third reason is my blood pressure. In that order, these are all quite good reasons. As as some of you know, I've got quite a strong fan club among the EV brigade, um, especially on Twitter. Yes, uh, they, was, they do like a conversation hard. with you, don't they? <laughs> They do. Uh, do. Balanced, it's, it's not nice Discord where you go through the various positions you're in and and agree on a common ground. Well, they, they have a common ground, but the, I haven't I haven't indulged um, either them or myself for some time. So I was quite encouraged recently when somebody was having a pop about hydrogen, and at least fifty percent of the comments were were supportive. So I thought this is this is a definite sea change. So uh, maybe well, the, maybe the tide is turning. Anyway, that's that's completely away from predictions. So. In 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 that conversation, just throw in self charging, and you'll be you'll be fine again. He, he said it. He said it. Is it? I'm I managed the, three words. Three words. <laughs> Not two. Three words. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it properly. Come on. <laughs> I think we, we, did we not manage, Andrew, did we not manage an entire review of a Corolla without using... Without using we did not use that, that term. terminology. Yeah. Managed uh, 45 minutes talking, discussing, discussing it and not without using that Without that specific term. set of words in that order. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just goes to show that marketing doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it goes to show the marketing works so well that some of us are scared of it. <laughs> yes. Come on, Alan, let's run through Ian's. Yeah, Ian. What about you? Uh the ID three won't be as much of a success as VW hopes stroke wants. Well once, I think that was quite accurate. Once you can error messages on the uh on the dashboard and uh, the central display, then perhaps you can drive it, but uh 
there's so many springing up with software issues. It's uh, I don't think it is uh, exactly what Volkswagen would have liked. Well, no, somebody's lost their job because of it. Yes. High up. VW found that, ooh, software is quite tricky uh, in, in very much a, uh, and this is no pun intended, a crash course in how tricky software could be. Uh, and uh, it just, be, because of the timescale and stuff that they had to to get this project out, that they've imposed on themselves partly through past actions and partly through trying to remediate past actions, then it, whilst the car itself is pretty good and what it wants to do is is really, and the price point, it's really good product, those issues and those glitches are still affecting it now. Yes. And they seem to spread the Golf and Leon and Octavia and A3 and all the other models that are using the same software for their infotainment system and yeah. their technology. So uh, I don't think I've had a Volkswagen Group car a latest generation one that hasn't had some kind of error message flag up on the dashboard to say something wasn't working. Yeah. But, I I think that the chap who lost his job, it was a bit unfair considering it, it. I get the feeling, obviously this is just a feeling from a very long distance, but the board did not really understand how hard and complicated it is to do a brand new software for vehicles, particularly of a brand new technology for them pretty much in electrification as well uh, yeah. and trying to then roll that out without there being issues with that. Uh, yep. That almost sounded like deep insight. Oh my God. I know. It's, What's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Probably shouldn't be me, me saying it, but from what I understand, you can get, uh, they're not, the demand for them is not entirely strong either. Now, whether that's driven by general, you know, people, as Ian said, there's becoming well-known issues or whether it's just that it's, the time is still not quite right. I mean, that, as we'll come on to, I know the growth in, in EV has been uh, impressive, but mm-hmm. some of the volumes that everyone is going to have to try and sell, it's a huge turnaround for the whole market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each one of those numbers represents somebody making that choice. And it's, you know, it's easy to imagine a hundred or a thousand or a few thousand people doing that. Once you start trying to imagine, you know, half the car market doing it, this is a, this is a serious number of people, um, and maybe that's just going to take a little bit longer. And it's, it is a, a, it, it is the lifestyle choice as well because you have to alter how you do things currently because the, it is not like for like replacement for, for example, an internal combustion engine vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not so you have to make change as an article recently that was in the guardian demonstrated of the mm-hmm. people with the porsche taycan thinking that they could just do what they mm-hmm. would do in a petrol or petrol or diesel car and then finding out really very quickly no you can't i mean fair people who were in that porsche taycan sounded like complete morons yes there there does have to be a certain level of uh, self um, personal responsibility at the very yeah, least self responsibility for you've got this new technology perhaps you might want to look a little bit into what you might need to do about it <laughs> and, you, and I know that Andrew and I are always well if you even put the slightest bit of planning in it's not a big deal because mm. you know what was it three over three years ago now we you know we went right around the whole UK in a car with 120 mile range Yep. Having never driven an EV outside of a launch situation, so that doesn't count as real life, before. 
And so we had to do it and learn on the way. And funnily enough, we weren't that stupid. <laughs> and that's, that's the best I can put in it. We, we were not that dumb. And if we can do better. it. Yeah. And there's a, there's a far better infrastructure now. And, and it's far more reliable. And so, I mean, I just made me so angry. Well, then I was going to say, have either Alan or Andrew ever run out of petrol or diesel? No. Oh, you have? Okay. Because oh, I was going more, to say, more, it, may, it may be... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it may be a kind of a mindset where you, know, you, the sort of person who might forget to charge the car might also forget to fill it up, kind of thing. It's just a, and guilty as charged on that one. Huh? But that was mostly me thinking, oh yeah, I'll be fine for another X miles, and it wasn't. Yeah. So, uh, but, so I, yeah, I probably would be, uh, I would probably be very. I'll find it pretty soon because we're going to start getting them uh, on the fleet. But yeah, having to plan, it's quite a detailed plan, I suppose. But anyway. The other fact that I wonder if, and this not to bring the, the, the dreaded COVID word into this too soon, but given mm. the changes that have been made to people's lives, about, you know, the, I presume using their vehicles less than they were, does that make adoption of EV easier or you know, is the infrastructure in all the wrong places, i.e. the infrastructure is in all the city centres because that's where people were going to work, but now they're not. It, I have no idea on that one. It's just a, it's, it's affected everything else. And I wonder if it'll have some sort of impact on that adoption. I think people's perceptions of what they want and or need from an electric car differ from the reality of what they actually want and need. So, uh, you know, they, they feel they may need more infrastructure than, they, than actually is necessary. I've done... I had a Nissan Leaf for six months that I covered nearly 10,000 miles in. The revelation was the fact that it was fully charged every morning. I had a, a full tank of fuel, if you like, every, every single day, which transforms the way I used it. I actually used it more and drove more like a lunatic because I knew on a fairly easy day it would uh, would never be a problem. So actually, I think I probably used more energy. That's probably not a good thing, is it? Since <laughs> oh. yeah. it came from a windmill or a solar panel, you're all right. <laughs> Interesting. I I performed a, a test uh, about a couple of weeks ago where I researched where my uh, charging stations there were miles from my house. I visited every single one, and there were no three were working properly, or I could get access to because there wasn't a was a car already parked there that wasn't an electric car. Well, I can tell you, ten miles around my house without looking, unless something drastic's changed, there's one. <laughs> I think. I think what we need to do is we all need to move to Braintree because that's where they've uh, built the first all-electric charging station, which yes. I think has got fifty-six charging points in it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And really, is it's, it is the way forward. You can do your shopping booths and browse around Double Eight Smiths and come out and your car's charged up. It's fantastic. Yeah. Except the only I, problem is you live in Braintree. That, that is the downside. Yeah. I, I don't understand. What do you mean go out and do shopping? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you remember in the it's, before it's time. A quaint, it's a quaint old thing, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> There's just Amazon and, and um, Google Duo or Meet or Teams or whatever. That's it. That's all there is to life now. Don't forget Deliveroo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get that here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no, here. Can I just check, Phil? You've got dressed bottom downwards. It's, just, it's not just the top half that you you got dressed. How would you? I've always it's just the top half. 
I think on that point, we should yeah. move should on we move to Simon's on? predictions, because we've gone slightly off topic. <laughs> so Simon's predictions, even though he isn't here, but because, unfortunately, I think he's done quite well. Yeah, uh, he has, actually. Yeah. Uh, so the electrified vehicle sales will quadruple in 2020. Uh, that one wasn't quite right whenever you counted electrified. I think I got I my math. It tripled. it tripled, didn't it, rather than quadrupled? They right. did, yes. And his second one, so yeah, so electrified vehicles tripled. So I'm not going to give him, not going to give him that. Hang on, Simon. Give him half a point. Oh, that's so, he was going to get half a point for his next one because his next one was that sales of battery electric vehicles will triple in 2020, and. In actual fact, it was, I've lost the post-it note, 2.62 times, which I think is pretty good, to be honest. So I think that's a definite half point for that one. Yeah, we'll let him have that one. Yeah. That You're a, tough. Really tough. I know. He's got the pen or the pencil, so it's it's all geared around. Scott, Scott I can tell you what your score is going to be now, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> there are minus numbers I think it's quite round, isn't it? <laughs> Just a little. Yes, and there's only one of them. Uh, do, we, do we want... Uh, we've got to keep Scots till the end, I'm sorry. I think so. Uh, Andrew, what about you then? Okay, I claimed that Carlos Ghosn would be found innocent of the charges and then go on a legal rampage against the Japanese, Japanese legal system, Nissan and probably Mitsubishi. I was a little bit right because he has sued Nissan for compensation from his hideaway in Lebanon after escaping from custody in Japan in a very movie blockbuster way. <laughs> Are we? I, mean, I, I, I think you were broadly right. You're just a little bit early with it. Yes. Yeah. Are, Are we good? I'm, willing, yeah. I'm claiming that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so are we giving Andrew half a point? A whole, a whole year. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, my I, second I, prediction, I, I, hang not, on, I've got a second far. prediction, yeah. that Alan will decide that obscure and interesting cars are not for him and he will buy a family hatchback. You see, now I think there might be some truth in that because he hasn't ordered a new car that he's driven. I know, what, I know the car that he ordered? does have, because I talked about comfort as well. He's mm. left this off. No, 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 no. You said family hatchback, and it is my first ever saloon car. First ever four-door car, first ever saloon car, and it's not a hatchback. And it is pretty obscure these days. You bought a Lancia Tima. <laughs> not that obscure. Although parts of the bodywork are on, on a par with it, to be perfectly honest. Oh, well, no, my, out the showroom. My, yes. <laughs> My Mercedes W124, I don't think, counts as a family hatchback. So is that a drink, by the way, yep. because I'm saying that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it counts as a family hatchback, so I actually don't believe that that is, that is correct. Okay, no, no I'll, I'll go with that. Oh, I, I, was close. I was closer than I thought I was going to be. You would, <laughs> yeah, closer than I would have thought, too. It's just sheer boredom. That's what happens when boredom gets you when you agree to buy cars. <laughs> Right, well, take us through your prediction then, please, Alan. Well, okay. 
Mine was JLR will be in a strong partnership with another manufacturer by the end of 2020. And then I got a whole load of grief from you all that that Quite was rightly. a bit too weaselly. Yes. So I was made to define that what a strong partnership was. And I said that that was a buyout or a heavy tech knowledge sharing agreement. And then I was backed into another corner. I was backed into a second corner. <laughs> And so I, 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 and so I had to say that BMW was going to be the most likely partner. I think I've got a big round zero on that. I agree with you there, Alan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But again, I think you might be a little bit premature on that one as well. Because I suspect the yeah. technology share with BMW will come probably next year. It, it still doesn't it's coming seem from someone. They've got a team up with someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it could be, yeah, it's unlikely. All, all of them, yes. Come on, we're Brit- trying to make this a positive British, <laughs> British, well known British company in the ERS. Yeah, so Scott, come on, we've been waiting for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Things uh, so, um, so I, I, I took it's, a shame, it's a shame there's no drum roll. I know it's. So I wrote this down verbatim. In fact, I paused it when I was listening so, back to last year's. I had to go just back. Just to rub it in, was that Yeah, just to make sure. So we Scott like to be accurate says, with our abuse. What, what am I misquoting you? No, no. <laughs> Things won't be as bad as everybody thinks in 2020. The car market, Brexit, quality of life, and he just sort of tailed off there. <laughs> <laughs> And is, you're, I'll tell you what, you're never you're never picking my lotto numbers again. Twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean there's, there's optimism. But... <laughs> I was very optimistic. I was very optimistic. Uh, I still I still am optimistic. You know, I'm I'm sort of tempted to cut and There's still time to cheer for that. <laughs> it can all it can all come good. It can all come good. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, to, to be to be fair, no one, you know, a, bit, a little like the Spanish Inquisition, no one predicted a, pand- a global pandemic. So, uh, Not at the time of recording, no. Not at the time of recording. Well, it's interesting you say that, though, isn't it? Because I'll, I mean, it probably was right on the cusp, wasn't it? Um, I mean, not to try and weasel out of my... my no, my, no, we were even earlier. We, we were because we recorded so it was, at the end of November, so it was well okay, before really. any of it was was. was it was a month later, later, the first email got sent out to say, "Oh, hang on, yeah, this yeah, might was, be an issue globally." It, it was well before, but, which I know so, that I mean, you do subscribe to that newsletter, <laughs> Scott. So, you know, <laughs> I'm we're just looking you know, at the timing. Speaking, well, I kept thinking this the other day because I remember back. It must have been mid February. Sort of internal discussions and then email saying maybe we shouldn't be going to Geneva Motor Show, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't a kind of we really should it was a kind of maybe we shouldn't you know it was a kind of you know, is this something we shouldn't worry about now I mean obviously it subsequently got pretty much but it's funny how quickly it went from everybody was doing what they did to being the things which you never thought would stop just becoming to a, a grading halt. So I'm not trying to get out of my, my prediction. I say it was optimism. 
to go to let's be fair to you were being genuinely optimistic at the time about how because a lot of the talk was very negative about how things were going to go in this this year uh, and everything without any any unknowns arriving this was just the knowns <laughs> but the, the talk was not exactly happiness was it no, and I, and you, I think you, just, you, put a, you put a bit of a dose of realism in there and said, "Yeah, okay, things can will go, or can go, you know, bad, but they're never as bad as we are told they're going to be. Likewise, they're never always as super fantastic as we're told they're going to be. It's somewhere in the middle." And it was it was yeah, nice to hear that as someone who's Mister. I mean, I, I I've put I've got a Happy Christmas hat on for a change as opposed to my Eeyore costume. So you know, or his, tin, or his tinfoil one. Yeah, so I, I was happy to hear some some optimism and go, okay, yeah, that that sounds actually quite sensible. <laughs> For as much as we've given yeah. you a load of stick tonight, yeah, so. well, just justifiably, I have to put it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was a lot. Yeah, anyway, I'll let's see what happens in twenty one. It's still it's still the same ago. I uh, <laughs> the whole break, breaks the Brexit thing alone. I think we real is. Uh, and you're talking about that, I'm sure we've all seen this, it's become so polarised, hasn't it? That it's either, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it, or uh, it's all going to be... And neither position is, is particularly accurate. Uh, and having some insight, and not a lot, I have to say, but some insight to what the guys who are having to deal with, the practicalities of this are, um, there's a huge amount of uh, work going on and you know, to try and bridge this gap, uh, whatever that gap ends up being. And the, my optimism about all that is, I said, anything which makes a business, you know, cleverer, more responsive, you know, copes with those kind of things, is going to be stronger out the back of it. So, the effect might not take, might not be apparent at first or six months or a year, but I think we'll end up stronger uh, out the back just because having to survive whatever the, the disruptions come through. Mm. But uh, the folk living near Dover tonight uh, with. 4,000 lorries parked up on their front garden probably don't agree with me. But, but that, that's actually quite a nice segue into the highlights of this year because one of the highlights I felt for this year, and yes, I did think of a couple of highlights, uh, even from me, was that uh, I was really impressed at the way that the motor industry from the showrooms through to factories and suppliers worked so hard to adapt to how they had to operate at various stages of the year with various different constraints on them and yeah. still try and sell things, build things, deliver things, repair things, you know, just try and carry on as much as, as one can as it is. And I was really impressed from the way that people and organisations, big organisations could adapt so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I think I would. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, it's just, I mean, people have done it in slightly some different ways, but from a standing start of you know, shutting everything, and I think speaking on behalf of what I know from our side, I think in first lockdown we overreacted by closing the dealers quite as much as we did. We probably didn't need to do that. And the real challenge then was getting people back and getting things back. And once you sort of, how do you get them back in? How do you get up and running again? You know, that the sort of momentum of all of these things and there's a, a multitude of interlocked wheels. And, you know, once the, once the machine comes to a stop, that's one thing. You know, trying to get that thing going again uh, isn't easy. So 
I think it's been an interesting second lockdown, certainly for us, and I think probably most franchises, they didn't completely shut again. Uh, they stayed open, you know, the workshops were definitely open, they were doing click and collect. So even in that kind of first iteration of these things, the businesses had learned uh, how to do it. I think the consumer had also learned the, the push to more online. People were people who maybe were reluctant or hadn't done it before. We have seen a growth in that, particularly on the car that Alan hasn't bought yet. It's just, you know, <laughs> gee, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, again, you know, some started. So, G.I. Yaris, I'm talking about. So, when we launched that car in the first couple of days, we got to 100 online orders. We'd go, wow, this is amazing. You know, 100 online orders for the car. This is fantastic. This is a fantastic case study. In fact, I think it was even less than 100 before. We're... Now it's, you know, very seriously north of that number, just keeps sort of going and going. So, yes, it's a special car situation, but I think the circumstance, it was a really good example of how people were willing to transact that way, whereas in the past they probably would have waited and you know, gone into the dealer and done all of that thing. A shift that we all know is coming, but again, I think the effects of the of the pandemic and lockdowns, so these are driving some of the changes. It's an extra impetus to some of that change, and they'll just bring some of those consequences a little bit sooner. I know that so from personal experience, because one of the things one of the things that Andrew and I have had this year is that all of a sudden everybody's had time to create podcasts. Apart from us. Because I work in business change. So I've been off my socks. I've been very, very fortunate. I've been incredibly busy, as of all my colleagues. And Andrew, similarly, well, you've been pivoting like mad, uh, you guys. But yeah, it's been one of those things that as a result of that, because so many big companies are trying to make these changes, it's, we, I, I personally see the knock effects of that and what's coming and that people still want to change even more. Mm. Yeah, but, but on that front, again, just being quite incredibly selfish here, we still managed to produce 75 episodes over the year. Yeah, I'm still not sure how we managed that. Which I'm... I I had to count it twice because I couldn't believe the number, <laughs> but I'm incredibly impressed that we did that. And you you took a lot of the legwork uh, on special editions and things like that for us to get to that number. It's... I would applaud that, but Andrew would tell me off for sort of ruining the audio. Yeah, <laughs> the bit I, I wasn't really I wasn't going to say this because it's it, but it's in my mind is the fact we've actually managed to increase listener downloading numbers as well when people have got rid of their commute which is when they normally listen to us. And there is an awful lot more competition for people's ear time this this year yep. than there was last year. Is that an official thing, ear time? Uh, <laughs> no, I just made it up. <laughs> That's really good, though. I'm a, it's a good one. I'll remember that once, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I'm, seeing, so, I'm, already seeing t- I'm already seeing T-shirts, but I think it's good. <laughs> On the Motoring Podcast, we, we know that people give us at least 82% of their ear time when listening to the podcast. <laughs> but I, I think being in the situation that we're in, I think there's a lot of people out there that have more ear time. I get what you're saying about normally they would perhaps listen to you on the commute or whatever, but I'm sure that there are lots of people out there that want that distraction even more than than they did in normal times, shall we say. Yep. Yeah, I've focused, focused on that. Anyway, that's enough about us because we're British and we don't like doing that and feel bad about that. But the other community, community stuff, things like the Revs events and all that online stuff, that's been pretty cool. Yes, uh, that, that's well, been really lovely to see and the way people have pitched in and, and sort of 
And because everybody, everybody's been in, the, particularly with the, as Scott was saying, the first lockdown, we were all in the same situation where we were all supposed to be at home, and we were all sort of not twiddling our thumbs. Some of us were definitely not doing that, but things were different, and it it was almost like there was a, a bit of a pause for for many uh, during that time, and the car people particularly the the classic car clubs and things like that we're going but you know but we can't go and see and all the rest of it so things like the revs that that was fantastic the way that he decided to do something and everybody came together and went yeah this will be brilliant because we we get to talk about the thing we really like to talk about and stuff and that was i i found that particularly lovely and definitely at times needed that, that you know other people were equally struggling for various reasons but still wanted to share the joy of the the motoring world with each other and the things they enjoyed about it. And I'm going to go and sob into my hanky in a moment. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> of, of all the changes that that have happened this year and, and that have had to have happened, which ones do you think will stay and which ones will we revert back to when we can? Ooh, good question. Ooh. That is a yeah. I've not made any changes specifically because of the uh, the pandemic. My business was basically destroyed and I had to start an entirely different way, but they're not changes that are sort of directly caused by it. So I'm going to stick with what's going on, but that's because I've had to change what I'm doing. I mean, April 5th, I think it was April 5th, I'd actually lost every single one of my customers. I've got nothing left at all. And by the end of that month, I've bought a new title. So um, panic station requires some sort of fairly immediate changes. Unfortunately, I'm still here. So there's, there's something's worked just. But that's it. Well, Through the constraints, you have to adapt. And, yeah. and, that, and that's what we've done, whether it's social or with business. Yeah. From a magazine point, yeah, we, we obviously sell a lot of copies of magazine news agents. Uh, supermarkets etc and we've seen a large uh, we already were quite a significant subscription based uh, magazine where we were sort of around about 80 odd percent subscriber but we've actually seen that climb quite significantly because people just don't want to go out and buy things so they want it delivered to their home so uh, we've uh, got things like pay as you go subscriptions we pay a certain same amount each month rather than paying a subscription all in one go and things like that. So we've had to adapt to to the market, and it's worked well. That's good to hear that. I, I like that pay-as-you-go. I like that. I think one thing that definitely, well, my view wouldn't say return, and given my predictions, uh, I think there's a classic motor show. I think that's dead. I have to say, I think it was probably dying anyway. I can't see the industry going back to... Well, I, can't think, I think any gathering of you know huge numbers of people at a big hall just to look at stuff uh, is going to be a challenge. But I think the car industry particularly just won't have the appetite or the budgets to go and do that again. So mm-hmm. uh, we may have been we may have been to our last Geneva show, but but I can see with businesses generally that the thought behind anyone doing travel, particularly international travel, will be a big thing now because people have found you can do the ubiquitous zoom and everything and that we've all come to love with our clothes <laughs> that... it says it says here <laughs> yes right according to my notes yeah i mean the good thing is but we, but we are going to have to make new cars over zoom which is no, a great no, yes, you know, we've absolutely. got to get somewhere and drive them 
on a personal level, I've never really been bothered where that is, but you know, that's still going to have to happen in one way or another, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, <laughs> very pointedly there. Yeah, very pointedly. No, I think I, I think that will. I just, I just, I think it was again. I was you know, something I was feeling anyway that the slight craziness of us all gathering. I mean, even back in the old days of the British Motor Show at the NEC, uh, and we'd all stay at the hotel at the Metropole across the road, and you'd bump into everybody in the hotel. And then, oh, I'll see you at the show. And I thought, well, we could all just book into a hotel and talk to each other uh, rather than go at the expense of building all of those water show stands or something. Now, that, that's from a media point of view, obviously. And I think what was different was those shows used to be a big attraction for the public who wanted to go and see cars and see everything in the one place. And you genuinely did business at it. Mm-hmm. But I think that was already dying. I mean, I think the, number, the amount of business that was getting done at a show uh, and the amount of public that were going along just to look at cars statically uh, was already declining. So, as I say, I think it was. I think there was a trend there anyway, which the, the pandemic has only accelerated. I'll be honest. As someone who traditionally went to to Geneva on the first public Saturday, because I went with my dad and I went with my cousin, and we made a weekend of it. This year was the first time I had press credentials for it. <laughs> um, it's Alan's fault, okay. ironically. It's all my fault. But we didn't really notice a drop in visitor numbers at Geneva on that Saturday. I mean, that's the busiest day anyway, I admit. But I could also see how it's much, much harder to do business at the motor shows if you're a normal person. Because, because of the numbers, it was then harder to get to the stands, to see the cars, to see the, you know, and it was it was a self it was kind of self-perpetuating. I think yeah, also, I think the, the, no, yeah, but the growth in places you can most out of town places have got several county. You know, they're all clustered together now, aren't they? So you can mm. you know, one trip in the car, pretty much, and you can visit however many different franchises. So the chances of seeing lots of vehicles in one go was a lot more doable any day of the week uh, rather than sort of waiting for you know, a motor show. The exception sure. was the exotica and stuff, but I think the, the, the flip side is the, the dynamic events. And again, slightly controversial. I think the media are more in love with them than the public are. I don't know. I mean, the, as Alan says, the visitor numbers always still seem to be up there. I I still know a number of people that still love a proper motor show. Yes. Um, I I love a motor show. Speaking as a as a consumer, as media, they're a pain in the ass, actually. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that still wants to do a show. And I think, actually, even after all this, that'll still happen. I think there'll be people still, frankly, desperate to get out after, uh, you know, maybe a year or 18 months of being sort of having their life curtailed or limited to some, you know, differing degrees. Yeah. But I could see it happening for, for public. I could see it happening more... Um, forgetting costs and everything, but more along the lines of how Goodwood have done it recently, making it in a different setting rather than in a giant hall, in a different setting. And I know London were trying to, we're, we're beginning to do something slightly different as well, weren't they, with their motor show and trying to tie in with a few other things there. So I think I think if you can, I think seeing the cars will be part of something else happening. Yeah, reminds me of the last time we went to the Coventry Motor Show, Alan. That there was yeah. lots of dealers there with the the latest vehicles, but we were seeing them 
whilst there was so much else on type thing. Mm-hmm. But do you think that international motor shows, the cars are revealed too far ahead, though? Yeah. Back in the sort of 80s, 90s, you'd go to, say, Birmingham Motor Show and the car be on sale tomorrow. You can go and buy it. Whereas, as an example, I'm sure you won't disagree, Scott and Erica, there's Toyota Yaris Cross that was revealed probably about a year ahead of when it was going to go on sale. So I think probably that's a bit too long. I mean, it's not Jaguar Land Rover long, but yeah. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I think we I think there is a danger that you reveal cars six months to nine months ahead of when you're going to be out buying them in the showrooms. In fairness, that probably would mean there's more reason to go to a motor show to see the car coming up in six, nine months' time as you can't go to a local showroom. But reverse has kind of happened. As you say, Scott, you can go down to a local um, sort of retail park and find all different manner of franchises, but you can only see what's available right now rather than what's coming but uh, but i guess you can see it on the internet that bloody internet yeah. <laughs> that's, one, that's one thing that's happened this year actually is that vehicles are arriving in the showroom about the same time as the press first drives are going out yes yeah well Which, because the, the boat has arrived with them all on it yeah just yeah, yeah, sometimes only just, isn't it? Yeah, it's been the heart stopper that a few times this for us this year. I mean, I mean that's the, it's, a, it's an interesting, again, not to go into from our side of the business, these things get planned at least a year out or more. So, you know, there's a, there's an on-sale date for deliveries, et cetera, that's in a, in a plan and everything gets constructed around it. I mean, those things are becoming really even tougher than super tankers to turn around because so much is built round about it. Um, and then if you a boat arrives a week late or something, like that, it becomes quite a quite a challenge. And I think this year people have been sympathetic to that to some degree this year. There's been a novelty. So you, you, a, you could you, you could know. see that in the way that some of the launches that did happen in this country because they had to, and because of the the restrictions, the way that there was fewer people there at the time and that sort of thing. But people. With generally what I saw on that there Twitter, people were very positive about the experience and what they got out of the days. So I think from that point of view, I know you guys will, you know, the PRs in general will sit away from such an event and then evaluate the comments and as well as the reviews and that and sort of go, well, what went well for us? What what did we see went well for the others? Oh, actually, maybe that means we can do this in the future type thing, whatever it is. Hand me a packet of Marks and Spencer sandwich and some Percy pigs and I'm as happy as Larry. <laughs> Absolutely. Where did you get that from? And, you know, flat hotels and, and beautiful experiences are great, but I just want to drive the car. Yeah. I think also it may it may have been in our favour to be able to get the media into um, right-hand drive cars on right-hand drive roads mm-hmm. first, as opposed to left-hand drive cars on left-hand drive roads, for, for, particularly, obviously, for UK media. I don't know whether that has made a difference in how cars have been reported. Well, it did mean that they couldn't regurgitate the... But we'll find out when the car is in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud that I've never said that. 
That's yeah. just a way of getting of getting one for another week. That's it. That's that's all that is. I'll need to evaluate it further. Yes. Well, yes, it's all very well, but British, yeah. No, there is there's a, lot, there's a lot of merit in it. To be honest, I think it's again, it's just I think indicative, very close to our part. But I think it's just one of those things where the change was probably you know, on the cusp, but we provided us with a great excuse, an unavoidable reason to do it. Certainly the response we've got from take people abroad, the usual thing, join a big international event for a day, you know, take people away for just over 24 hours, they drive the car, they come back, usual thing. And we did about five of those locally where people arrived sort of mid-morning and left mid-afternoon, having probably had the same, if not more, time in the car. And yeah. certainly in the, the reaction seat. we got from people, yeah, yeah. So I think the, the reaction we got from the guys, you know, like Phil and Ian was, this was great. It was more time efficient. You got what you wanted. So on the basis that we should be aiming to please the customer, yeah. And it is more time efficient, especially if you live in the south of the country. It becomes less time efficient mm. when it takes you three and a half hours to get there. True. I yeah, absolutely. That. That's the thing that, that – yeah, that's the thing that we, we have to take into consideration and in doing our sort of local launches, it's been difficult to, it, particularly with COVID and restrictions in, in, you know, getting regional media to our events. That's been, uh, that's been quite a tricky thing. Well, if you could just bring your entire warehouse, put it on wheels and take on a tour of the country, that would be greatly appreciated by some of us who live a bit further north. <laughs> I only got to look at it through the window when I visited. <laughs> some, some particularly yeah. nice vehicles in there that deserves... Are you in a chair where you're allowed to look out of a window? Wow. Yes. Speaking personally, I've been on several of the... Uh, the Toyota events and it's been fantastic because you've got a, you have got more time in the car than you would if you were jetting off to somewhere sunny but obviously you've got to recognize the fact that from our host point of view they've got to do it five times whereas when they're jetting us somewhere to say Spain to drive a car they're in and out the same time as what we are so for a couple of days or even a day that's it done dusted move on to the next one but you've got to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it because of the restrictions on the numbers that you can accommodate. So there's sort of challenges all around. But personally, getting the car going to Gatwick is is, is fantastic for me. And the, the recent Hilux launch that you did um, with the off-roading, we had hours of uh, time to go off-roading and doing things that you wouldn't necessarily do with a Hilux if you were, uh, abroad and it's, it's it's brilliant and the organisation and the particulars planning um, it's been fantastic so it, from my point of view it's been great Alan I think that's the longest really, anybody's yeah, been really nice to, to anyone else yeah. on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it is, I think that, that it definitely yeah. yeah stop that now stop it now that's it let's this Toyota love in fest sorted because another yeah. thing on the list Alan well, I was really going to say, is there any cars that anybody's driven this year that, that particularly stand out? And I think have a horrible feeling it's going to be a, a, another Toyota Love Event. Um, unfortunately, no. yeah, yeah, sorry. 
And you know it's gone down so well with everybody. You've had amazing sort of across the board sort of four and a half, five star. Uh, have you had any four and a half? They all been five. Four, four uh, and a half. Sorry. They won't be getting the Percy Pigs next time. <laughs> yeah, Yaris is just one of the finest cars I have driven, not just this year, but but in the last decade. Um, it's just an incredible piece of machinery that left me, well, it didn't leave me speechless, it just left me wanting more. You know, it, it just felt like you didn't so much drive it as felt it. It became something you worked with rather than just controlled. It was just, just an amazing vehicle. Mm, that's interesting. I want, I want to make that clear that even if Erica and Scott weren't here, Phil would be saying that. So this yeah, is not did. just to be nice to people. No, because this is the most important podcast. We aren't nice to people. You've heard the, the previous moments of this show. You know that we don't unnecessarily compliment people. Don't ask me the same question about Supra. No, I uh, Shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I actually think I was more critical of, I've been more critical of the GI Yaris than just about anyone else, but that's because I was always doing absolute comparisons with its almost predecessor so what, what caused that Alex? that's because you did, that's because you wanted to convince yourself that you didn't that you weren't going to buy one that's the only reason i mean he's wrong it's a little bit of both anyway <laughs> i was going to also talk about the honda e by the way had simon still been with us uh, that was the other car that i wanted to bring up it was a long time ago now but i think that that was a pretty a pretty convincing launch as well, which got lots of great feedback at the time. So, yeah, that's, that's the only only car I've driven which is literally self charging. It's got a three pin plug in in the uh, cabin, and you can <laughs> plug the um, charger in into that and charge the battery using its own battery. <laughs> oh, it may not be the most efficient way of doing it. Okay, okay. On that point, we're going to move on. Right? No, it works. No, no fit. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Folks, next year, so, you know, we've got another couple of weeks and then we're done with 2020. We're into 2021. What are your predictions for, for then? What do you think is going to happen in 2021? Who would like to go first? Who's going to be first on the chopping block? My prediction will be that Scott will get it, will get it right this time <laughs> as opposed to last time. <laughs> He couldn't have you're, got much worse. Really I was going to say you're hedging your bets again, then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Ian, go for it. What was well, yours? Well, well, my prediction kind of <laughs> happened yesterday because my prediction was going to be that Sangyong would go bust before the end of 2021. It's already happened. So it already went bust before the end of 2020. So I'm going to have to think of another one. So can we? Can I slide in at the end of the, the end? <laughs> yeah, sure. Nick fills again. Yeah. Well, can I join in as the pickup sort of uh, link there from the Sangyong Musso? Which, yeah, I mean that 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 uh, Sangyong thing was writing was on the wall back in April when Mahindra said they're not going to invest any more money into the failing business, and uh, it's got to stand on its own two feet now. But we've now got a pickup market that at the beginning of this year had eight vehicles. I think by next year, there'll only be four. Um, we're losing X-Class, we're losing Amarok, and we're likely then to lose Sanyong Musso, and I think we might lose Nissan Navara. So, well, 200's gone as well. 
Oh, and also, it will have three trucks in it, so Scott's ambition of getting a 40% market share out of the Hilux looks pretty much dead on. He can't fail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amarok will be back. Hang in. Just hang. It will be back, but of course not next year. <laughs> just hang in there. I love yeah. it, Scott. Eventually, it'll be the only continuing for longer. Let's play the long game. So. Yeah, but hang on. Did everyone see the Geely? Little, little pickup thing. Oh, yeah. See, you're in trouble now. <laughs> with the SUV like with the pickup bit on the back. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I, I think what it means, I, I think what that means is that there will be room in the UK market, Scott, for whatever's the modern version of the Toyota BB Open Deck. The little square well, Yaris based one with, uh, the, with, with the pickup at the back. Is, That's what we need. That's like sort of geek on geek. Geek Square knowledge that, Alan. That is amazing. Um, yeah, open, open Sorry, hang on. I'm going to have to write this one down to the drinking game. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, for, those, for those searching for Google, Open Deck, you can imagine a Yaris size five door hatchback which had been made less practical by turning the last for pickup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it won't surprise anybody. Here that I want one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that, but that's. Do you remember? I'm going to get this. this is a, forget. It was a bit like the. Was it Suzuki did a convertible coupe? Oh, the X90 uh, off-roaders. Yeah, was it? Was that the one? Is that? Is that the one? X90. I remember? It was like yeah, X90. Like off-road convertible. Yes. Had somebody just ticked all the boxes and forgot to imagine what would come out at the end. <laughs> so the rest of the world but gets some it, of the car-derived pickups, and they look fantastic. Some of them. Fiat make an amazing one in South America, the uh, the Toro, and I'd love to see some of them here because just chucking a bike in the back or anything like that, without fear of tearing the seats or damaging any bit of trim or whatever, would be, be fantastic. There is a Focus-based one coming. Yeah, yeah. So that, that Phil, be... just ask this a genuinely naive question, which I shouldn't be naive on. But okay. So that reduction in the pickups in the market, but the pickup market's growing dramatically. So the pickup market's booming. I mean, it's, it's down this year. Yeah. Everything's down, but the market itself is booming. But we're losing manufacturers and models hand over fist. Yeah. And do you put that that boom just, down to uh, professional pickup? Sort of being reinvigorated, and you, it's all. I, your... I think so because I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> we report on payload figures of new models, and the manufacturer gets that. <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. <laughs> so, uh, Scott, yeah. uh, Scott, have you made a prediction? Actually, yeah. no, no. I was going to. I think. Well, my prediction is, is suitably vague again, but because I think the, I think the, the industry so many things we don't know about when will COVID really get on top of you know Brexit strength of the pound blah 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 blah. there are huge economic factors that are going to have to wash through so I think the market if the market recovers even to the level it's sort of sort of struggle to stay at then it'll, it'll be doing quite well but I, I think fundamentally it'll be the next few years are going to be about uh, that accelerated transition that I talked about I think that's the people will bring forward or they will see extra incentive to do things earlier than they were. And we talked about VW earlier, and I think I think their strategy probably was the right one for them at the time. 
how well executed it or but that's so that, I think that's what's going to happen. You'll see things brought forward. Now, well, nobody will notice that, I guess, because you know, we wouldn't have the death of the V8 or the death of the traditional vehicle as such, the increase in plugins, increased DVs. Not much of a prediction on that one. So, I, I think it'll be a really, uh, I think, getting to where we are now or staying at where we are now, I should say, will be really, really tough. And, it, and people will have to be clever about it. So my, my only mission is that, and, and it's related to that, this, this cheap, is that something I was very sceptical about, even within sort of the, the industry, is the sort of growth of the kind of mobility services, car sharing, all that sort of thing, as a kind of, you know, very firmly 20th century, beloving, uh, owning individual. I kind of struggled with the notion of, well, why would I not want to own my own car? Why would I want to just, you know, be a subscription service or a car sharing or whatever. But the indications are from the early days in the pandemic that those things were starting to grow because people were wanting out of public transport. You know, Their travel patterns had changed. They didn't need the car for the things they needed it for before. Perhaps were spending more time with the family, so they wanted something different. So I think those systems and schemes and business models which see a move further away from car ownership or even that individual car leasing into some sort of multiple access mobility. I think those are the things which really grow a bit like Simon's prediction on EVs. I won't put a number on it because it's I, I'm genuinely no idea, but I think those will go from being obscure, why would you, to, yeah, I know somebody who, who does that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in fairness, I sold my car back in, God, God knows what it was. I've not seen the car this year because it's been in the workshop for the first few months. Um, and I've not bought a new one since. So, you know, whenever I do need a car and I don't have one, I've actually hired one. And I've been doing the maths on that. And for me, that's been cheaper so far than actually owning something. Mm-hmm. So even now here in the sticks, there's some logic to that. It's It, it could actually work out. The situation has, has changed for everyone, and particularly first lockdown where people would look out their window and see that there's a giant bit of metal that they're paying a lot of months for that they're not getting to enjoy use whatever going do i need exactly that and people i think a lot of people have reevaluated on top of well you know the last thing i want to do is get on the bus train whatever to go to work mm-hmm. uh, and all the rest of it so i think people have, have begun to seriously think about what they need a car for and why they use it i think that's a great thing Anyway, because I think that's a, something that everybody needed to do to stop the, well, we can drive 800 miles on one tank across Europe, so why doesn't an EV do that conversation, which is, yeah. frankly, because that's <laughs> nobody does that. 800 miles well, on only, one Only one. very obscure edge cases like car media people <laughs> try and do that and write a piece about it so i think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the manufacturers do adapt to people changing in what they want and why they want it people have been making fun of me already this evening about not having ordered a gr yaris yet but i'm going to be completely honest what you've just discussed is one of the reasons i haven't ordered one because i'm like i'm not driving the miles that i was driving last year Mm. not racking them on and i love the car i've got i don't need a new one mm. and do you think also it's just you've, you've got to change the salesperson's mind as well because to a certain extent what they sell to their customers is pretty much what they want to or believe in or what they can and largely what they can actually get hold of and sell tomorrow to get their commission yeah. 
So we've we've certainly found with the, the diesel market where salesmen and I've done mystery shops for um for it where I'd walk in and say I want a diesel. Well, I don't want one of them. It's uh, you, you, it'd be worth nothing, and it, it comes down to what they want to and can sell and sell quickly. I don't think that's necessarily a mindset of the salespeople. I think that's just the salespeople. They're, they're oh, yeah. so many terrible ones. Uh, I mean, I had that same situation, frankly, 15, 20 years ago. I don't think that's necessarily changed other than whatever they're getting the commission on has changed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that will change, though, with some manufacturers saying they're going to take control of their dealerships? Because uh, who was it who recently said they're going to be setting up? It looked like they were basically taking the franchise out of the middle. I don't know whether it was because they were going to go online directly and sell or something. But there was there was one manufacturer, and I'm really sorry, I cannot remember who it was exactly. But they wanted to take more direct control of the sales operation rather than go through franchise. Was it not Citroen? Sorry, uh, that was. I think they were last year. I know they've talked about it a lot. I want to say Mercedes, but I, I'm not sure that's right. But there's somebody fairly significant saying they're going to. They want to take more control of it, and I think that will change things as well because then there won't necessarily be the same pressure or perceived pressure from the sales rep to do the. Oh well, I must get this. You know, however many, whatever their incentives, should we mm. say are for their their contract and how they earn their wages and make their money. Maybe yeah. changing that fundamental model will help things. Hmm. If you can tie it in with what Scott's saying, you know, about the mobility and subscriptions and that sort of stuff. Yeah, do you not think that perhaps with the pandemic that people will be a bit worried about, oh, I don't really want to share a vehicle because I don't know who's been in it before? Depends on what the particular subscription service it is they're talking about and the mobility. I wouldn't want to get cab stroke uber no. that sort of thing because it's the same same issue for me personally in my mind as getting on a bus or a train mm. yes mm-hmm. but the citroen ami i think is an interesting <laughs> move to that and the oh, yes. and all these kind of things i was driving that last week and I, yeah. I did yes and uh no very interesting vehicle uh even someone of my size which is um i'm more than a 30 waist um, <laughs> can fit in it perfectly happily, no problem whatsoever. So it caters for all sizes, and it's just great fun. It's just what more do you need? Fantastic. What was the weather like when you were driving in? Absolutely dreadful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> rain, rain, and more rain. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yes, uh, there was no south of France for me. It was uh, raining Coventry. <laughs> I saw Ian Seabrook's video of it earlier on. That's what made me think of that. Yeah. Anyway, Erica, how's about you? Other than that, that Scott can't get it any more wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting, I was sitting here quietly hoping that you wouldn't, uh, that uh, you'd forget about me, but unfortunately not. Um, (laughs) I hear what you're saying about the way that people own um, and use vehicles. I still think, that BVs are going to double in sales next year. Um, so that's one of my predictions. And my other prediction, and I don't know why I'm saying it, and I'll probably be proved wrong, but I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton won't be world champion. Oh, wow, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then I might be sitting here this time next year saying, guess what? I got it just as wrong as Scott did. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't get it right wrong as Scott did. You knew you were the champion. Awesome. Thank you, God. Not one, but two. Andrew, do you want to go or shall I go? Uh, you go. I'll go because you've got a choice of them. Right. This was really hard this year. Sorry, this is the hardest of any year we've done it, I think. Yes, it's just been so absolutely. much. So mine is hugely topical. The Apple car, mm. hashtag the return, will fizzle and won't be a thing. I, do, I, I struggle to believe it's a thing now. I'm just <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's too easy. I'm quite happy to... Uh, yeah. You want it to be a rotten apple? I mean, I, I didn't know that was a thing again. <laughs> It was a thing again for two for about two days, and I'm still not convinced about it. I think this is magazine, yeah, something to fill their online pages and get clicks. I don't honestly believe it's a real issue. It's it's a real. Shall I flip it? Is it? There's more jeopardy if I flip it round, isn't it? And say that it will be a thing. But I don't. Really, I don't. It's not going to be. A, it's not till 2024 anyway. So. Oh, okay. Oh, dread. The only other one that I've got is really, really doomy gloomy, so I don't really want to give it. Well, if that's all you've got, go for it. Okay. So, oh, go on, go on. Go UK on. new car registrations. Yay! In 2021, will be less than 10% higher than 2020. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, yeah, that's accurate. And I also want it noted for the record, it wasn't me who mentioned new I car know. registrations or anything like that. Well, that's that. why I was trying to avoid it, to be honest, because <laughs> it is the most incredibly stereotypical motoring podcast prediction. It's a bit gloomy, <laughs> and it involves the SMMT figures. Yes. The <laughs> spreadsheet of doom will be only read for the entire year. <laughs> and yet we were still the number one leisure podcast in the United Arab Emirates yesterday. And some people think that listening to us read out line by line a spreadsheet is not interesting well it is dull as hell i would get rid of that (laughs) if you would let me no no not at all does smmt mean something in a different language (laughs) (laughs) anyway andrew your turn okay i have two predictions first one is remotely sensible and that is Tesla will get bought stroke merge with the VW group. And I think it was Greg Cable who first put that out. And that made me think quite seriously. And I've thought about it a lot since then. And I think that's actually a great shout. Dice has got a love in with Musk at the moment for some reason. He's a massive fan of him. And I think if you removed Musk which is something I've, always, I've said for years. You've wanted, yeah. Yes, wanted, stroke said. <laughs> Tesla could be really interesting and a good car company if they didn't have someone making up mad claims the entire time at the top that they were trying to fulfil further down the chain of command. <laughs> so I like to focus and be good at what they do. And I think that would be a great fit for VW at the minute, that they need extra help with electrification, but the software side of things, Tesla do have a jump on them on that side. I'm not saying it's they, they get it right or perfect, but they are further advanced on that. I think that with Volkswagen's recent track record in America, aka Dieselgate, I think I don't think anyone in America would allow that to happen. 
test to be an American company. Yeah, but the private. So, yeah, I still think there'll be some real big hurdles to overcome. I reckon they would couch it very much as a, oh, this is a partnership, because Musk wouldn't ever admit he's been bought by someone, would he? I would see it more likely to be Ford being a, an American company. Okay. Shall I add that as an as an additional uh, prediction, Ian? You can do, yes. Do I, I do have one other. I have okay. my my prediction is about PSA or rather the Stellantis group when it finally <laughs> merges with uh, <laughs> uh, FCA. Stellantis will go on a buying spree and will buy another company during twenty twenty one. Who's the available? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think that's quite. Uh... I would only Scott could actually make that an audible noise. <laughs> that head shake. <laughs> was it as a bugger? <laughs> Must have got enough brands, uh, have they? Uh, no, not nearly <laughs> enough. So they're just trying to prove that. So yeah, if, if less is more, imagine how much more <laughs> more will be. So they're just you know, <laughs> more brands, more production, more separate platforms. Well, I reckon they could have Renault or Nissan pretty more soon petrol. as well if things didn't turn around for them. <laughs> yeah. I miss a bit. She threw them in as well. Well, yes. they'll, not, they'll not be in Europe soon anyway, will they? Well, true, true. So. Right, I, I have a, a, a final prediction, though. And this is for you, Alan. Uh, is that yeah. Johnny the Yaris will continue to get improvements during the year which will mean Alan only gets to see him through videos from the garage <laughs> uh, I I was there the other day uh, and, and I was got it, a demonstration like, were you like the, the weekend start. you were allowed to go and visit was it? it's getting to that stage <laughs> to be honest the thing is, that I'm not the person who has had to push it in and out of said garage for most of the year. So, frankly, everyone at Be Cool is at least as keen as I am that I actually get it back again at some point. <laughs> but no, it's uh, yes, it's in running, can move under his own power. I think it's just that that means by power you don't mean gravity. I mean, I don't mean by gravity. I've seen videos of him moving. Uh, Someone in the background going, yes, I want to go <laughs> <laughs> so much. I'm not even writing this one down. It's all right. I'll add it later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be back. Yeah, before Christmas. Let's just see. Uh, I've, I've got to the stage where I don't chase wow. anymore. I just, I just wait. Eventually, Which I will Christmas? have that. This Christmas, because they have another new project coming into them for the start of the next Oh, is like the Mercedes going in? No, it's not yet. <laughs> One car at a time. <laughs> oh, Alan, I've, I've got to warn you, Mike Corvette was in Ralph Posey's workshop at RH Engineering for five or six months, and he then bought the car. So you don't want to leave it there too long. Yeah, well, it's already been there since first week of first lockdown. Oh, You'll never see that car again. And oh. before that, there was a there was the Corolla T Sport the was there for even longer. <laughs> the donor car is actually back on the road and doing laps of Anglesey Circuit at a track day last week because it now has another engine in it. So the donor car is on the road before again before the project car. <laughs> this is going well, Alan. This is going yes. very well. <laughs> the donor car went from scrap heap, and yet yours is the one that's not running. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so, so yes. yes. <laughs> On the other hand, I know that I have paid all the money I need to pay, so I'm not going to get stung. Until he wants to get it back. Again, no. <laughs> Alan, you have, never, you have never paid all the money you're going to pay on a project. That's no, just, just such a ridiculous statement. <laughs> for this round, which is a fairly hefty round. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful radiator, though. It's from just a R- quick question, it's Alan. It's from have an you, RS500 put... Cosworth. Yeah, it's really nice. Ha- have you put check oil in Johnny the Yaris in your calendar on a regular basis? Yes. yes. Like every two years. You also find there are now oil pressure and temperature sensors everywhere. <laughs> Because this has been There's an expensive no speedo mistake. Anymore. This has been an expensive mistake, and it, not is, I will ever repeat. Is is this is this the opportunity where I say, "Should we get back in the room, guys?" Yeah, I think that that's a good call. <laughs> thank you. Eric. This is thank you. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Yeah. I was quite enjoying just taking the. Amazing, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's nice to have people other than Andrew do it, so it's, it's great. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is. It is that point. So yeah, I just want to say thanks, really, before we round up to all of you for giving up your Tuesday evening to join yes. us. We're doing quite well, really, time wise. Thank you very so much. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, especially it's been lovely as... to actually speak to from my personal experience my personal point to speak to other adults about <laughs> other topics. Where have you done that? Where? Yeah. yeah. Technically <laughs> adults. I can't see any. He's <laughs> been on another call, obviously. <laughs> yes. The voice is in the head. <laughs> Thanks all of you once again for coming back this year and taking time putting through the, the giving your thoughts on the various on the various predictions and making ones for twenty twenty one. Thanks uh, to Simon for trying. Yes, thanks to Simon for trying as well. Because we uh, know he'll listen back. Mm-hmm. Let's just make a note of the time so we yeah, can tell him just, when to listen. Yes, yeah. this particular yeah, yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, well, only because he's worried what we've said about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wind it a bit more. Wind it a bit more. No, it's been absolutely awesome. And I hope you all have a, an excellent, safe Christmas and New Year. And that uh, we get a chance to actually meet in person in 2021. Because, uh, yeah, that's been... That's you been never life. know. Well, Alan and Andrew, thank you so much Especially. as well. For the you've gone to all year to keep us entertained. And you've mostly succeeded at that. So it's greatly appreciated by you. <laughs> thank you. Mostly, mostly. That's the winner there. Anyway, if you want to be mostly, bio. Yeah, mostly entertaining, that's that's the ad campaign. Mostly entertaining. <laughs> Works for me. I think. I, so, yeah, I think you should get Phil to do the voiceover. The most podcast. You've got my right. Yes, yes. I, I know where you live. Yeah, we'll be back being mostly entertaining, we hope, on the 6th of January uh, with the first regular news show for 2021. But everyone, don't forget, between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? 
Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more details about Johnny the Yaris and how you won't be seeing him next year in person, what is the best way for them to do that personally? Uh, the best way is to jump off a cliff. But if you're not going to do that, then you can use Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B R A D L E Y. We'll be back in 2021. But on behalf of myself and everyone else uh, that's here tonight, uh, have a fantastic Christmas and New Year and safe motoring.